Hello, ladies, gentlemen, and non-binary friends. Welcome back to Multicultural TV Talk, a Media Village podcast where we bring you exclusive interviews with talent and creatives from across entertainment, discovering their stories and how they're changing the face of stardom across media. As always, I am your host, Juan Ayala. Thank you so much for tuning in. Now let's get to talking. Today's guest is an actor and stand-up comedian you know and love as Clovis in Hulu's acclaimed comedy series, Woke. It's T. Murph. T, welcome to the show. How are you? I'm good, man. Thank you for having me. Gladly. Uh, so firstly, congrats on season two. Uh, I know that lots of shows don't make it past season one these days. So it's a huge accomplishment, especially in this age of COVID. Just things aren't lasting as, as long as they used to. Um, so firstly, congrats on that. Thank you. Thank you so much, man. Like you say, yeah, a lot of them don't make it. So we, we, we yeah. made it. Hopefully we go to season three. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so before we get into the show, uh, I want to go back to your audition and the whole casting process. Uh, I know that for this particular show, Season one came out just a few months into the uh, into the pandemic. So all the production, all of that was done before that. Um, and that process has changed so much in these last two years. Um, so what was that whole experience and process like for you? Um, it was it, it was a great experience, in all honesty, um, from, you know, filming the actual audition uh, to getting the call back, um, you know, being flown out to, you know, Los Angeles. I was on I was on a college tour at the time, so I was touring mm -hmm. and doing all different schools i think i was like doing a um just a pack of penn state campuses which they have like 22 campuses right. like 17 of them um but i had to cancel a show and they flew me out uh to la and had me do a reading with uh lamorne a chemistry read in the room and and when i left that when i left that room i knew i, I yeah. knew i was like this is mine yeah. <laughs> but it's, it's been a great experience uh, we shot season one in vancouver um, you know, before COVID just shut everything down. Um, and it was, it was just, it, it was, it was good to be there. Uh, the pilot we did in Vancouver, we did the mm -hmm. pilot uh, in January. We shot, I think January of 20, 2019. Um, and we did the actual, you know, filming of season one, January through February of 2020. Mm -hmm. uh, and Vancouver is an interesting place. It's also very cold. Uh, yeah. so, you know, to be there and pretend it's summertime in, 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 in <laughs> let's go, you know, with, oh, with disgusting freezing winds and snow, it, it was, it was different. <laughs> yeah. It's hard to hide yeah. snow when your show takes place in, uh, <laughs> in San Francisco. <laughs> it, it, it's definitely hard to hide. Yeah. Um, and you know, when, once you had, uh, gotten the call that you booked the role, um, after such a long process and. And like you said, there was so there was a year between the pilot and then filming the rest of, of the show. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah. So what so, was that wait like uh, once? Was it a, sort of a while before you find out that the pilot got picked up? And, you know, what was that whole just what was your sort of a headspace during that time? Well, once we shot the pilot, I mean, we found out pretty quickly that they that they wanted to show the weight came from, you know, just having to cast everyone else, um, you know, to actually write out the show. Um, because, you know, now you're writing eight episodes of a show instead of just having a pilot. So now you got to bring this, you know, this brainchild together and everybody <laughs> has to have their input and you got networks and studios and they want their input. You got the creator who is based off and then you got the co-creator and showrunners. It, it was a lot. But um, yeah, just the process of writing the show, finding out where we're going to shoot the show, um, you know, and just getting everybody locked in was it, it was a long time. It was mm -hmm. a long time. Like I said, we found out pretty quickly that they wanted the show. The show tackles such uh, intense and relevant topics in such a lighthearted way 
Um, so what was that whole experience like getting to sort of touch on that, um, especially given that you were filming a pre George Floyd sort of yeah. looking back and all of that? Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's something that like it's not foreign to me as a stand up mm -hmm. comedian. You know, I'm always talking about those things. Um, you know, I remember having a joke uh, that I was doing about, you know, if you're black, you know, ride around with a dog. Uh, that way, if you ever get pulled over by the police, stick the dog out because if they shoot that dog, white people burn the city down. You know, oh, dog out of town. Um, you know, and it was just, but I've always had that style of comedy where it's like, mm -hmm. I'm going to talk about relevant issues or topics or things of that sort. And some people may not be comfortable with, but me as a, as a black man, you know, living in this country, I have to voice what's really going on and, and, and the anxiety that comes along with being a black person in this country. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, being a part of that show was, was, was great. Um, and then seeing how Lamorne just embodied that character. And I mean, he just, he killed it. I mm -hmm. mean, he killed it, man. Um, so yeah, I, I, I enjoyed every aspect of it. So between uh, season one and season two, so much had happened in the world, so much time has passed. And um, I'm sure it just felt very different on set, you know, sort of COVID aside with all of the new protocols and masks and testing and all of that. But what was sort of the biggest difference you noticed between production for season one going into season two? Um, one, we moved production from uh, Vancouver to Atlanta. That's okay. the first thing. So we, mm -hmm. we, shot in a, we shot in the US, but we shot in Atlanta. So we went from a city where there was not a lot of black or brown people to a city where there was all the black people. Uh, <laughs> you know, uh, that's number one. Number two, it was just a different feel on set. Um, you know, the, the show was still fun. Everybody still had a good time. But like you say, everything was, was there was so much protocol now. Uh, mm. You know, whereas before, you know, if you wanted to go home on the weekends, now you got to check in to make sure that you can leave. And, you know, now are you out of COVID protocol? If you do leave, you know, are you breaking the bubble? And it, it was a, it was a lot, and it was a lot. You know, the mask on all the way up until you're filming. So it's like it, it was it was difficult, man. Um, at times, just that part of it. But the filming part was always fun, was always great. But just having to, you know, adjust for everything that that has happened. Mm. Um, you know, and still having to you know get on camera and make sure that you're you're funny and that you're bringing the 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 laughter and and not letting you know outside uh issues interfere with what's what's happening when it's time to perform mm. and uh something we always like to ask um on the show is um given the name of the show is multicultural tv talk um we always talk about representation and, and diversity and inclusion in the entertainment industry um so can you recall what was like the first performance you saw whether it was a tv or a film or anything that made you feel represented for the first time where you like just clearly saw yourself it, it would have to, for me, it's going to be um, comedy. Uh, just seeing like stand-up comics mm -hmm. uh, talk about, you know, kind of our, our upbringing or the things that we go through uh, in this country, uh, you know, whether it be living in the, in the projects or the ghettos or like a lot of people don't, don't understand that they, they can't relate. They laugh at the stories and they, they laugh at, you know, people, drawing the picture for you, but to actually have somebody get on TV and talk about that and you can relate to it, I'm like, yo, that's like, it, it feels like they know you yeah. because we all went through the same thing. Um, and a lot of people, you know, they, 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 they don't get it, but, um, but for somebody like me as a kid, you know, to actually see that, I'm like, well, oh, that's, 
that's real. Like they, they know, they know mm -hmm. what's going on. So yeah, yeah that, that, that'll be it. Just watching, watching early standups. Similarly, for me, one of the earliest examples is um, just George Lopez's comedy. He just got th that universal Latin lifestyle and upbringing and all of that. You could really it's it's so important to be able to relate to people in in any way, yeah. really. And, and through that sort of content it makes it all the more relatable. Definitely, because I mean, when I think about it, a lot of times you get TV shows, and you, get, you know, especially early on, you know, in the 80s and the 90s they would lightly tap on certain, touch on certain things, or they would try to touch on it, but they wouldn't get it accurate because they didn't have people that looked like the people that were in the shows writing the script. So they don't understand. Right. They would, oh, well, this, this doesn't seem to make sense. This isn't funny. But then when you give people a stand-up platform, it allows them to be able to give a correct representation of who we are. Mm -hmm. And that, that particular audience is gonna love it every time. And I'm curious with the show, if there's anything that hasn't been touched upon yet that you hope to see uh, touched on in the future. Um, I mean, there's, there's so much. I mean, I, I feel like this show has it, it, its grown legs and it can go so many different ways. Um, you know, right now, I, I like I like just one of the subtle nuances or one of the small jokes where they were like, you know, what about the tree frogs? And it was just like, you know, to, to LaVorne when he's trying to focus and, you know, Keith is like, I got to you know, what am I going to talk about today? But there's so many issues that everybody wants you to talk about because everybody has their own little subgroup. Yeah. Like that's, that's one of the problems with, with this country. We can't come together because everybody's like, put me first, put me first, but nobody yeah. can see it. Nobody can see it. They're, 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 they're so focused on the fact that they feel like they're the most marginalized group of people mm -hmm. that they can't come together with another group to really get some change going on you yeah. know so I, I think i think this show it it can go on forever because there's yeah. just so much content and so many issues and so many things that people are mad about that can be touched upon yeah you'll never run out of of uh, things to cover <laughs> for sure ever ever <laughs> uh so in, in closing if you could go back and tell your 13 year old self that you'd made it this far uh first do you think that they'd believe you absolutely not <laughs> absolutely because i didn't even you know i don't know I, I never i never saw myself as like the the tv star um you know i don't I know what i wanted to do mm -hmm. you know honestly you know growing up as a kid you you have all these different things that you think you want to do but i didn't i, didn't, I never really knew and now here we are, and I'm just like, wow, I'm like, this is crazy. You know, some days I just find myself, I don't watch myself often uh, on TV because it's weird. Mm. Weird because you, you, you can't enjoy watching yourself. You're going to critique yourself. As somebody who has a platform, you will watch an interview and be like, ah, I should have did this. Or, ah, I <laughs> Meanwhile, someone else is enjoying it. They're loving it. But for you, you're always in critique mode. So, mm. yeah, it's, 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 it's weird. You know, I don't think I, don't think I would believe me. And uh, what advice would you give that 13 year old you if you could tell them anything? Start earlier. Um, go forward right out the gate. Um, you know, you spent a lot of time second guessing yourself and you have nothing to lose. You know, nothing beats a fail but a try. So sometimes you just got to go for it. Mm. Awesome. Well, T, thank you so much for, for this hilarious and, and touching and very relevant show and, and for joining us on the on the podcast today. Thank you so much for having me.
Absolutely. And uh, lastly, if folks want to give you a follow on Instagram or on social media anywhere, where can they find you? It's at TMurph, just at T-M-U-R-P-H. Awesome. And you can all follow us at MediaVillage.com on Instagram. Head over to MediaVillage.com for all of our reviews, interviews, podcasts, and more. And catch seasons one and two of Woke, now streaming on Hulu. I'm Juan Ayala, and you're listening to Multicultural TV Talk.